0: Hey everybody, this is James Leon Donatosian. We are going to be talking about my life story and journey. I was born in Baghdad and I currently live in Australia, Sydney. So tune in and listen to the podcast series that we are going to be talking about, all about my whole life story, where I was and where I'm at today. Stay tuned. Again, my name is James Leon Donatosian and I came from uh, Iraq and I was born in Baghdad. Basically, I'm um, Armenian background, so Christian Armenian. We grew up in a in Baghdad uh, city and in an Armenian school back in Iraq and uh, Baghdad. And uh, they, we have a very, very small community in Baghdad, actually. It's not a really small community, but let's just say it's it's a mid-sized community we have. And, and, and Baghdad, the life is totally different than anywhere else you go because there's uh, some kind of a systems, you know, the rules that they have, it's pretty strict. Back in the day when I used to go to school, there's nothing else to do. Pretty much, when you were a young kid, an Armenian guy or a girl or an Armenian community, we, we used to just kind of stick to the Armenian community. Pretty much, that's it. So we used to go to Armenian school in the morning. The the people that you hang up with in school, you're going to be seeing them again at night and and in, in, in the Armenian community club. Okay, so and. Uh, So it was really fascinating, the life over there. So today we're going to be talking about my journey and the past life that I have, obviously, back in the days when I grew up in Baghdad and what we achieved over there and how it was and where we're at today. So I'm 33 years old. I spent pretty much half of my life in Australia and my other half in Baghdad. So I arrived in Australia when I was 16 years old. And after the war, so in 2003 war. Uh, so it was' it's just a it's a fascinating story that what I'm going to be talking about today because a lot of people tell me that you know what you really should talk about your past. You really should talk about your past. you really should talk about where you came from and what you achieved and how you became who you are today. So this is what we're going to be talking about and and, and, and the reason is I basically said, you know what, yeah, let's do this podcast is because I want to show a lot of people that especially today, they're coming from overseas or they're from the country that they actually grew up in the country and they were born here, but they're lost. They don't know what they're doing. So we want to show everybody that, you know what, you actually can do something in your life if you move forward and if you plan it and stick to it, you can accomplish a lot of things. So, welcome aboard, guys. And uh, again, so let's go back in the past and let, let's just talk about where, where we at and what we achieved. Um, so, back in Iraq, life was really, really difficult. Okay, so pretty much back in Iraq, it's just it's just a crazy lifestyle we have. You know, there is, um, uh, you know, it's it's controlled. Uh, it's controlled by Saddam. Everybody knows who he is. Um, Now, I'm not going to be talking about politics, so just going to make this very, very clear, okay? So we're going to be talking about my life in Baghdad and then how we actually moved away from Baghdad, we came here, and what we've been accomplishing, okay? So um, came from uh, my family there, in Baghdad, we are basically my mom and I, my dad and my sister— Uh, I'm the youngest one in the family, and I am pretty much from my mom's side, I'm the only uh, male in the family, and my dad's side, there is only one male in the family. So we are two male in the family. The rest are just all female. Uh, So uh, I'm very close to my family, my mom and my my mom, very close to my mom and my dad and my sister. So uh, the daily routine was pretty much straightforward. You go to school, you come back, you know, lunch, dinner, mom cooks you. And uh, by 5 o'clock, we go to the Armenian community. My hobbies, I used to play soccer a lot. I was a goalkeeper. Um, Apparently, I was really good at what I do. Um, But I think I could have done better. But I was... uh, Because I was young and I was short, so I couldn't really reach the post in the goal. But I was pretty good. And and I always wanted to be better. And uh, there was a lot of good players in my team. And when I see... You know, fantastic players. Nice to play soccer against, and I can name few of them out there. And I'm sure today they're going to be listening to it, this podcast, and they're going to be saying, "Yeah, that's me." You know, wow, you you actually accomplished something. You know, and it's fantastic. So anyway, so moving forward. Um, I was really dominating. I just want to get somewhere in my life, you know, and I used to uh, get the soccer balls together, bring them in the field, and uh, we used to have a muck with the guys. We used to say, hey, you know what, you go stand here, you're the midfield, you're the, the, uh, the striker, you're the defender, you work with me, let's play together. So we've done very good, and, and we accomplished a lot of things back in the day. As, as a child, you know, we, we actually had a lot of good time. Was was fun. It was really really fun to to play soccer. I, I love soccer, you know. And um, moving forward, obviously the war came in, as everybody knows. Uh, it was was insane. Now we were talking about the war before 2003. There's another war Nine, in the 90s and the 80s. So uh, I was a very young, little boy. So the experiences that I've seen kind of I still remember it you know I still remember the time they we were in uh, some somewhere north or south I really can't remember to be honest with you but I know my dad because my dad he's a doctor so he's a very well educated person and uh, he was a CEO for one of the biggest hospitals back in Iraq and uh, and and the funniest thing is whatever whenever there was a war we ended up with him in a hospital and, and the, in the back in the day the biggest war in, in the 80s, with the Iranians, we were stuck with him in a hospital. We lived in a caravan, you know, and, uh, and the caravan was, it was this tiny, small rooms that was me and my sister and my mom. And I, I remember the days, the war, the guns, and you, you see, it's it's really sad to see all of these things. So again, we're not talking about war, guys, but it's just kind of it's a flashback. We always every single Middle Eastern you ask today, they're gonna tell you, yes, I remember the war. Um, so it's kind of a hobby to talk about war. So uh, moving forward, I I just I used to sit down and say, so what I'm going to be doing when I sco- when I used to go to school. Now, I came from an educated family. So my dad is a doctor, and uh, my mom she studied uh, like an architect, uh, designing back in the day when she was younger, and. Uh, and I just... All my friends, they love studying. Like, they actually enjoy studying. And uh, the, the funny thing is, basically, when it comes to me, I just don't like studying. Like, I, I look at a book, I just can't... doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I read math. I'm good at numbers now and all that. But um, I just don't know where I'm going to be at when I'm 25 or 23 and back in Iraq because there's no future. Like, if you're a doctor... You'll be making three hundred dollar a year. Now, uh, my dad was a CEO of a hospital. He had a driver used to take him back to the hospital, back and forth. And I believe he was in less than three hundred dollar a year. That's that's the amount of money he was making. So we were in a middle class. We were in rich people, and we were in poor. We were mid class. We had a we had a we had a car um, that was very old. Um, and we were living in a middle class place. It's not that. My dad didn't want us to live in a beautiful mansion. He was a very simple man. Now, a simple man means basically he just wanted to live in peace and pretty much just give the, the basic to his family and make them live a nice lifestyle. And he did his best to reach that and achieve it to us. But in Iraq, it's really hard to go to the next step in your life and, and, and make something happen for, for your life or your family. It's, it's too difficult, especially back in the Saddam's time. Now, and I used to sit down and think about, okay, so how can I be rich? How can I make money? How can I, uh, when I get older, what, what I'm going to be achieving in my life? What can I do? And that was the question that was in my mind since I was 13, 14. And one day back in 2001, or uh, I can't, again, it was... Pass in the past, I, I only remember is I'm thinking of a Diablo, a Lamborghini Diablo. That was, I love the Conchera as well and the Diablo. And I was a very, very um, inspired by the design of the Lamborghini. I said, am I ever going to see one in real life one day? Am I actually going to see a Lamborghini one day? Um, pretty much in Iraq, I haven't seen a Lamborghini. So uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just you want to see cars fancy cars and supercars on the streets you know uh, it's just it does just doesn't exist when you see something like that it's just basically in Europe or America or Australia or Brazil or whatever you, you can see cars like that you know so moving forward and uh, I, I still remember we were renting a house and my mom's friend walked, and to my mom's house one day, we were sitting down having an Armenian coffee, and then she said to me that uh, – actually, she said it to my mom. Hey, uh, I got really old handbags, and I want to get rid of them. And uh, I said to her, why do you want to get rid of the bags? And I was very young. I was maybe like 9 or 10. I can't – again, so it was a very long time ago, you know. And I said to her, why do you want to get rid of the bags? Why don't you just give it to me? I got it. There's a purpose behind this um, story, guys. Just pay attention to it, okay? There is a really, really interesting vision behind this. And because of that story back in the 90s happened, what I'm doing today, that's why we're running a $10 million business today. So we're going to get to that in a minute, yeah? So it's it's just going to get interesting and interesting day by day. So I took the backs from her. I said, look, you know what? Let me sell it. She's like, what are you going to do with it? let me sell it. Let me like, let me make you some money on it. You know, why not? She's, she's a laughing, of course. She's in America, this woman, right now. Um, uh, anyway, so I took the bags from her, and uh, I basically just polished it a little bit, cleaned it up. And it was very old handbags, by the way, guys, just to keep that in mind. And it wasn't any brands like Prada or Leviton or Gucci or whatever. It was just like non-branded bags. So I took the bags and I put it in a garage sale. Outside my house, in front of the gate, I just put a cloth in the street and I put the bags on top. And I said, you know what, I'm going to sell the bags. And there was a shop in front of me. They sell a grocery store, a small little convenience store from my house. And I used to buy a lot of lollies, chips, this and that from him, ice cream. And uh, so I ended up selling these bags. It took me about three hours to sell the bags for the neighbors. So the neighbors, when they walk and go into the community store, I just call them and say, hey, come on in for a sec. Before you go to the store, let me just show you something very interesting. And they're like, what, what, what is this? I was like, hey, do you want to buy this bag? And it was, uh, was uh, you know, here you go, $2. And Iraqi money is dinar, we call it. So I sold it for like $2, $3 here and there or a dollar Again, I can't remember, but I sold it for a really nice, decent amount. So after I sold the bags, I took the money... And I went to the convenience store, and I bought some chips and lollies and a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, uh, products for for cooking products. So I took the products straight away. That was after selling the whole bags. Took the products, put it actually on, uh, again, garage sale. And then I uh, advertised it again because people walk, so, just they keep walking the streets. A lot of people, after 5 o'clock, people start walking the streets. That's the way it is in the Middle East, you know? So connection between neighbors to neighbors. They stand out outside, have a coffee, whatever. So what happened is when they saw me selling the products, I said, guys, if you want to go buy it from him, you're not going to get 50%. Let me sell it to you for 50%. And they're like, how the hell are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this? I said to them, I just want I just want client. I just want to build my client base. I was a kid, so the guy in the store walked to my house and it, it told me off and said, don't do this again, you, you're basically, uh, it's, it's not nice in what you're doing. So I, I really got told off from my dad and mom back in the day. Uh, I still don't know if my dad knows about it. I'm sure he knows about it now because we spoke about it, but my mom knows about the story. And my mom's friend knows about the stories because I still, until today, I haven't paid her a cent for the bags, <laughs> So that's the funny stories. Until today, every time I speak to her on the phone, she says, where is my money? I need my money, you know, as a joke, you know, she's a, she's a fantastic woman. She's like my auntie. I treat her like a family. So we grew up with her, people, with her sons and daughter, you know. So the motto of the story is I always wanted to sell something. I always wanted to win a client. I always wanted to do business, you know, since I was a kid. But that never really clicked into me until we came to Australia. Now, that was well, that was when I was a kid. But moving forward, when school, um, I think uh, year 11 or 9, I kind of walked away from school because of the war happened and all my friends, my immune friends are in America right now. I keep in contact with a few guys. They're really, really close to me. So... And uh, the struggle we had over there was really tough because you don't know what the future is going to hold if you're living in the Middle East these days. You don't know where you're going to be heading to. There's no future. There's no security. So all I wanted is to have security since I was a kid. I was like, what's the next step to me in my life? What can I achieve out of it? But I never really found out about that until I you know, came to Australia. That was in 2003 after the war. Yeah. So pretty much when I came to Australia, you know, that was, uh, well, before I came to Australia, you know, we, we had a family reunion and uh, paperwork going on for, for years. And, and my auntie, she she actually prepared all of the documents for us since the uh, 2001 or something. I, again, I can't remember when it was exactly. But um, uh, in, in Iraq as well, I have um, my auntie from my dad's side and... Uh, yeah, so, so one day I received a letter. Pretty much, let's get to this straight to the, to the point how we left the country after the war. I received a letter to threaten me that they want to kidnap me. So I've been chased by guns um, three times. So I survived three times. So the first one was um, when I was going to school one day. Um, that was just after the war. So I was walking to school and... Uh, I got to school, and then we were bored at school because there's nothing to do, and me and my friends, and I'm sure they're going to be hearing this, and they know the story because they actually saved my life, you know? So we walked out of the school. We ditched it pretty much. We jigged. You guys call it ditch, you know, um, jigging school, whatever. So um, we used to walk out of the school to play Counter-Strike. That was our favorite game. I love Counter-Strike. So we walked out of the school to go back and, and, and the network place to play some Counter-Strike. So while we were walking, a, a car pulled over with, a, I still remember, it was um, a golf, and there was four people in it. They said to me, hey, is that you, James? You're Dr. Allen's son. And I was like, yeah, it's me. How can I help you? They had AK-47. I still remember that until today. Um, and I just looked at them and my friend said, go back to school, run. All you got to do is just run and don't look back. So I just turned and I just, keep, I just kept running back to school. And, and the reality is, while I was running, I'm just thinking, when am I going to get the bullet in my back? Am I, am I going to get shot? I'm just waiting for that second so I can hear the bang and the shooting so I can feel you know, I got shot. But I guess God was watching me or the creator was watching me. So I got school and um, I called my driver, came and picked me up and I went back home. And that was that was pretty intense. It's just the feeling that you know that someone's trying to chase you. I was young and I didn't know that, oh yeah, they're chasing me. Because remember, after the war, there's a lot of kidnapping happened. So a lot of people getting kidnapped, slaughtered, uh, you know, they, they take your son back and they slaughter him. And and I think I'm talking about my the struggle we had over there and, and the pain and the, was too dangerous, the fear that we lived in, you know? And we don't wish it for anybody, by the way. So when the first time happened, the second time I was really bored and I asked... My, my neighbor, he said to me, what do you want to do? I said, can you drop me to the Armenian community again, the club? He said, yeah, sure, no problem. So I jumped in the car again. We're driving in, and 10 minutes later, uh, I can hear gunfire. Uh, again, it's uh, a similar car, what it was the first time, and they chased me. They wanted to kidnap me because my dad, he's a doctor, and they think if you're a doctor, you're wealthy, and we weren't that wealthy. So we were in the middle class anyway. So they chased us with the guns, and I can hear the AK-47, bang, 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 hitting the this guy, they, again, so I got home safe. I don't know how, but I was in one piece, and I mentioned it to my family, and they, like, really just chill down when I don't don't leave the house. It's pretty dangerous. Now, moving forward, I think it was a few weeks later, I woke up in the morning, um, because I'm, a, I'm an early bird. So since I was a kid, I wake up very early, like 5, 6 in the, in the morning, I'm awake. And I sleep very early as well, like 8.39, you know. So anyway, so... um. What happened is I woke up in the morning to open the gate of the house because in Iraq and Middle East, you have gate. You need to unlock the gate of the the, the outside, you know, for secure reasons. So I saw a letter, and the letter said, today we are going to kidnap you regardless. We're going to come to your house, and we are going to kidnap you. So to the um, family holder, which is my dad, they said, you need to take your son today and take him away from the country. It is what it is today. They're going to kidnap him. They tried twice. They couldn't basically succeed. But this time, they're actually going to come and walk in and escort him out. They're going to take him out. So, I, I look, I was very naive. I was looking at the letter. I was like, Yeah, sure, Dad, here. Um, that's the letter. My dad just looked at me. He said, You ain't staying at home, not even for a minute. So, he took me. Straight away, we went to a hotel. My auntie is still in a hotel. They still own a hotel in, in Baghdad. And uh, we went there, and I had security. Um, I kept in contact with one of my friends. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he's in America as well. Anyway, so that was... Th- Crazy, crazy times. All my memories, my uh, friends, my childhood friends, my photos when I was a kid left behind. Because the day we left, it was just like pretty much walked away from that house. We just walked away. We sat in the car and we we gone far away in a hotel. And we stayed in the hotel for 14 days and then that was it. But the reality is the same day that we left the house, the house got... Basically, just gunfire, they walked in to kidnap us, but we weren't there. So it was pretty intense. We heard it from the neighbors. So uh, that time was the most difficult time that we, we, we had back back, back, in, back home, back in, in, in Baghdad. Um, do, a lot of people say, do you love your country? Well, it's not about I love my country or I don't love my country. I just had a bad experience in my country. You know, It's just war, war after war. Uh, I respect my country because we obviously grew up there. Um, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I just respect it. That's pretty much it. That's just my my view about it. You know, I'm, I'm Armenian background. I ended up being born in Baghdad. Um, uh, and I, look, we probably could have had a better lifestyle. Maybe the decision my, my parents made, it was, they could have done better, but that's just something that, at the time, they've done good. My dad have a very long story about his life and, where he was and what he achieved and what he went through, and I think he went through so much that it's really worth one day to write a book about it or basically talk about it. And I hope I can convince him to do podcasting about it because um, he's a genius, pretty much. My dad, you know, he's a, he's one of the best. He's my superhero. That. Um, he accomplished so much, and he's, he's a doctor today. He's working in Australia, but I always see him as my role model, no matter what. No matter what. He is pretty much number one for me. Um, moving forward, we went to Syria for three months, and we arrived to Australia. And uh, when we arrived here, I was like, wow, this is totally different from Baghdad. <laughs> totally insane, you know? Um, the, the clear blue skies, the beaches are beautiful and, uh, it's, it's an opportunity for me. So what can I achieve out of here? What, what's it for me? What's in it for me? How can I achieve something? I'm lost. I don't speak the language hundred percent. I probably speak English by 20, 30%. I'm not really good at it. Um, how can I go to the next level? What can I achieve? So I had a vision in me, uh, I was thinking about, you know, um, beautiful lifestyle, uh, having a nice car. Not a Lamborghini, but it's just a normal, normal decent car or a nice house, family. What's the next step for me? Now, I was 16 when I arrived to Australia. So it was a bit of a struggle when we, we came here. I think we came to Australia with $6,000 in our pocket, six or $7,000. Now, six dollars $7,000 these days, it's really, really nothing. It doesn't do anything to you. So we came to Ostro in 2003, I mean, sorry, four two 2004 after the war. And the war was an insane feeling as well. Like, let's, let's not talk about war because war is war. We all know what's, what war, war can damage people. But today we're talking about how can we relate to each other, you know, in, in terms of life, in terms of what we can achieve. And, and now to the listeners to this, I can guarantee you, when you arrive to Australia, you're kind of like, Oh my God, where am I? What what am I gonna be doing now? Now if you're from Middle East, and if you're from Europe, or if you're a backpacker, or if you're a new immigrant from whatever you want from anywhere in the world, you're gonna be landing in Australia, or you came to Australia, or you're in Australia right now, or if you're anywhere in the world right now. Let's just say if you're from you know the UK or from America and you're an immigrant, or if you're pretty much you just want an opportunity for your life, you know, because we're hungry. If you're hungry and if you want to achieve something, you're going to be sitting down and thinking or planning your future. You know, and, and, and most of you are hungry people, but you really don't know it because you always want something, but you want it the easy way or you want it the hard way or you want to be smart about it and get it. Now, When I first came to Australia, I was like, wow, this is a beautiful place. What's next for me? What's next for me anyway? So, um, yeah, I was 16 years old. I went to school here, and uh, it's called IEC, Intensive English uh, Center. Uh, Yes, something like that it was. Um, So I went to school, and uh, I met some good people, and... Pretty much uh, some of them, they're engineers now, and the others are basically have their own small little businesses. And some of them, they actually are forklift drivers, you know, so, or working as a work whatever they're doing right now. But I had a bigger vision than everybody else in the team, you know. So I didn't graduate with high degree school rates. You know, I wasn't – I was. I was oh, look, let's just be honest. I'm I'm pretty switched on person. Why? It's because I'm a numbers man, you know, and I want to achieve a result in my life in the future. You know, school was great experience because we all have to go to school. Degree is amazing, but not for everybody. Now, do I recommend degree? Absolutely, I do. Was I lucky enough to get it? No, because of my circumstances. It's very simple. So there's this debate between school. A lot of people say, you know what? I'm not going to go to school. I'm just going to work as a tradie or I'm going to be doing this and doing that. Cash money here, cash money there. Obviously, we're talking about legit work. Um, But the reality is you really got to stick to school. It's simple. Just get your degree first. Finish up school so you can actually build your momentum, build your knowledge in school Year 12, at least finish year 12, you don't have to go to university. Now, university is not going to pay your debt. University is not going to make you rich. Let's just be honest here. Okay? So why am I saying this? Because I see a lot of people, I see a lot of people, they went to uni. They earn $80,000 $80, a year. What's $80,000 a year these days? It's nothing pretty much. You know, It's just going to pay your bills, water bill, electricity bill. If you're married, your wife needs to work. <laughs> she has to work to make 130,000 in total between you and her, and live in a nice apartment or rent a place. But you won't even have money to to build or have a nice lifestyle. Now, when we talk about lifestyle, lifestyle is about you know traveling, having security in your in your life, nice house, nice car. You know, nice, uh, you know, saving account that you have. And the end of the day, you gotta do it for your kids. That's if you wanna, if you're willing to have kids, or if you wanna have a family, uh, you wanna live comfortably. Uh, if you wanna have a private life insurance, you need that. Of course, it's not easy these days. It's it's pretty hard. It's 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 expensive. So you need to have all of these things. So uh, back to what I was talking about when I came to Australia. I went to school. I finished my high school degree. I went to a few schools uh, up the coast. I went in in Sydney as well. But to be honest with you, I was was thinking every single day, uh, just say, what's next for me now? What can I achieve? What's what's the next chapter in my life of achievement? Am I going to get a degree? Uh, Am I going to be a business owner? Am I going to be an employee? Uh, Am I going to be working for someone as a trader? What am I going to be doing? So I said, you know what, let's go with the flow and let's plan it right. So I, this is between just me and myself I'm talking about here. So I'm sharing this information for you to move forward and achieve and get a shortcut from my achievement because there is a shortcut. So instead of taking the long way, I'm teaching you how to take the short way. Now, it doesn't mean the short way is an unsuccessful way. And a lot of people say, you know what, mate? If you take it short way, you're going to fail. You're going you're gonna to stumble and, 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 and drown or you're going to fall. Well, it ain't right. I'm being honest with you guys. It ain't right. The short way, if you take it, it's the smartest way. If you plan it and calculate it right, it's, it's, it's very simple. I've done it the long way, but I wish someone taught me the short way. Now, all my, 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 my employees, my, my work colleagues here, they work for me. I show them the short way, and guess what? They're all successful, and they're doing fantastic, and I love it. I love every single one of them because they're successful in what they're doing. So um, when I, in my career, when I finished school, I basically said, I need a job. I need a job, basically. I just need to work. I, I need to get something. I need to make something in my life right now. My auntie, I used to live with in a smaller apartment, my grandma, you know, uh, she passed away now. So uh, my auntie said to me, James, this is the newspaper. There's a job. Go apply for it. You know, it should be good for you because you got the personality, you got the charisma. You know, you're a very confident person. No, I am. I am a confident person. So I took basically... The newspaper, I looked at it, and it was an ad that says, you know what, it's, uh, it's a job in the city. Now, we're not going to mention names here for privacy reasons, but it was an amazing job. I went there. It was uh, in a, in a, It's a sales job, and I'll, I'll be selling credit cards, purely credit cards, commission only. I, I used to live in southwest of Sydney. It used to take me from Southwest to the city central, uh, forty-five minutes every single day. I used to sit in a train, and I had one suit. I still remember. I had one suit and a white shirt and a black tie. I bought that suit for one hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, so uh, it was just fascinating suit. I love that suit until I still remember until today. It was like a very, very you know baggy suit, and I used to catch a train every morning. 5.30 to 6 a.m., I used to walk to the station, sit in the train, and go all the way to the central station. But I'm sitting down, and I see the people around me there. Everybody's wearing a suit. Uh, you know, they're going to the city and work. I kind of had that vibe of New York, you know, like, oh, my God, look at this place. Like, I'm going to be working in New York. Like, everybody's serious here. Like, wow, how cool is that? It's a it's a cool vibe, you know? Now, this is ambition, guys. We're talking about you want to get somewhere. So, I've done this for three months. So I used to go to work and we stand out. That he, the, 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 the boss put up music and kind of uh, motivate us in selling credit cards. They used to put us in this little car and they used to drop us in the middle of the street. And we got to door knock every single business and we have to sell them credit cards. So, we got to convince people to buy a credit card from us. In terms of like, hey, you want a credit card? Let me fill this application. So I'm going to give you money. Let's do it. You know, why not? So I've done that. But every credit card, every successful application, I will make $50 out of it. 50 bucks. That's it. If it's successful. So I made about four successful applications a day. They sign. I convince them. Move to the next one. I convince them with the next one. Convince them with the next one. Now... The problem we had is the approval. They need to get approved before I get paid, and it was commission only. So I was averaging between $800 a week on a successful application that they'd get approved. So I've done that for three months. But the problem is I'm going to the office every day, 5, in the morning, and I'll be back home to the uh, western Sydney by 8 o'clock at night. Long hours. No social life, no nothing. And I was like, okay, so we have the experience now in selling. Let's move on to the next chapter. I'm going to drop this job because it's pretty crap. I can't do it. I'm done with it. I don't want to do sales anymore. I really don't want to do it. And I was good at it, by the way, just to let you know that. I was very good at it. I was really good at it. And then basically, I just, I just, I, I, when I was really good at it, I, I decided to move away from it because I just pretended I didn't like it. I just pretended that I didn't like this, so I'm gonna move away from it. So I resigned from that job. I moved on. We went to the, you know, uh, I was like, you know what? I gotta do something better than this. This is really, I don't wanna do sales. It's just too much headache in it, you know? Let's move to the next step, you know? So, but my conscious mind and my reality is like, uh, I, I gained some experience in customer service and door knocking which is it's pretty hard to do these days. But I've done a really good at it. I was really good at it. Door knocking, selling, um, and it's a credit card. It's, it's pretty tough to sell to business owners, by the way, no consumer. My next step was I spoke to a fellow, one of my friends. He said to me, James, you know what, uh, what are you doing? I said, man, I got, I got no job right now. I don't know what I want to do. What do you think? He said, why don't you come work with me? Let's just do some work. You know, I'm doing some cleaning. You know, I'm doing some uh, cleaning and all that stuff. But uh, I was like, you know what? It's really, really interesting. But let's just... Let me think about it. Let me think about it, and I'll get back to you. Now, we're going to wrap this podcast today, and we're going to be talking, hopefully, next week, you guys will hear something more interesting about the next chapter, what we're going to be talking about. So we're going to continue pretty much, yeah? And hopefully the next chapter, the next episode, is going to show you more about where we were and where we're at and what we're doing and, and more detailed. I want to go in more detail with you guys in terms of understanding who I am in person and what what I achieve And today in value, hoarding over $10 million worth of company right now. And it took me five years to build that. Actually, less than five years. Okay? So stay tuned and never give up. Have a great night.